as your office uh, bill. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot this week, so this will be an easy one to edit. <laughs> are you good? Are you done? I'm yeah, that's it. <laughs> Is that <enough>? good? <laughs> good check in. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see anything. I uh, went to 1917 again for the good of the family. And sure. uh, my how does it hold up? Uh, Dan? Like <laughs> it's real good. Uh, he li- he liked it a lot, and I good. of course liked it too. Good, good. I did see something theatrical. It's just not worth a very long discussion. And I streamed something that I already told you about. Um, oh, what'd you see? So I, I saw, I saw Jumanji: The Next Level. Oh God! It was the only thing conceivable at, at a time that worked for me. So. Yeah, I mean, even even back when the original, the Robin Williams one came out, I was at a point that was like mid-90s. I was at a point where m- my film opinions were becoming a little snobbish, and that was a, you know, a schmaltzy family movie with too much CGI, and I just, whatever. Uh, but then, so I, the new series, the reboot, wouldn't have been on my radar, except people kept insisting it was really good. So I saw the first one, the 2017 one, a few years ago. And uh, it was okay. It's fine. It did some clever things with like being inside a video game kind of stuff. And uh, I thought this new one was pretty abysmal because it just uh, abandons even that. And it just, it's just kind of a, a dumb adventure comedy. It's not terrible, but it's certainly not worth uh, getting into. So do they swap bodies? They swap bodies. Uh, there's new people involved. There's Danny Glover and Danny DeVito, which are added to the mix. And then they like they remix the bodies that they're in halfway through. Huh. It's a little, you know, whatever, crazy and frantic and wacky, but uh, it's fun. There's worse things out there. That's for sure. Like the movie I streamed. Okay. Which I'm not sure was even that bad. It was just perplexing. And I, I maybe I'll just say a quick thing about A Dark Place, 2018's A Dark Place. It'd be more interesting, I think, if you had seen it. Not that I'm requiring you to see it, but it's got Andrew Scott, who is uh, on your radar, right? And it's 90 minutes. So if you... A Dark Place. Well, where, a dark where, place. where will I find it? Uh, I believe it is on Amazon Prime. Great. It's a 2018 drama film that takes place in somewhere down south in, in America. But the two leads are are UK, and I don't know about the filmmaker. It feels like a European's idea of what America is like. It feels almost like a like a Three Billboards, but mm. it's not nearly as entertaining as Three Billboards. Andrew Scott is a garbage man who's a little like sometimes he acts like he's a mental case or inbred, and sometimes he's like just a normal working class guy, and a child is is killed in this small town where he picks up the trash and the kid used to wave to him every day. So he notices that he's not there. And then he just basically takes it upon himself to investigate the event and gets deeper and deeper and deeper and uncovers things. And it's such a strange movie. I just thought it was so perplexing. Well, I do look forward to that (laughs) every now and again. I feel like I still haven't gotten back into regular life in the new year. So maybe this is my new normal. But I yeah. just haven't had a free evening where it's just like, oh, I need to watch something. Sure. Um, yeah, I've been streaming a lot of stuff, a lot of shows. The Outsider on HBO is excellent, mm-hmm. by the way. I'm always uh, overly critical of Stephen King adaptations, and this is a really good one. All right. I'll add that to my list. <laughs> You're getting a lot of homework. 
on this episode. I, I know. I've like stopped watching TV and films, <laughs> which is hard on a on a TV on a yeah. film podcast. True, true. Um, it is award season. It is in full swing, so I have that excuse. Yeah, that sure. I've had Wrapped award shows to watch on Sunday night, which are kind of my prime viewing nights. Yeah, I'm usually available to see something. <laughs> and so. Catch us up. Uh, last week was Oscar noms, and I know there's been right. SAG awards and stuff like that. So, right. So PGA announced 1917 on Saturday, which is not mm. a huge surprise. But 1917's continuing its precursor dominance after its Globe victory for both the drama and director. It was not nominated at SAG. Um, that's an ensemble prize and not like 1917 had a bad ensemble, but there are other films where that's a little more prominent. And did you see Parasite win the SAG? Uh, I saw some memes and clips and things. Yeah. Oh, it was fun because every <laughs> there was like so much goodwill um, toward that cast. And even when they came out to introduce the movie earlier, everyone was just so elated with their presence. Yeah. So I really don't know where we stand. We'll have to see where the what happens with the DGA um, this Sunday because that's pretty important. Um, if 1917 goes into Oscar night with the PGA and DGA, it looks it looks pretty good. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'm surprised, hasn't had more of a presence. It did get the uh, Globe for Comedy and uh, yeah. Brad Pitt, of course, and Tarantino's screenplay. Uh, he's not eligible at the WGA, so that precursor isn't very relevant this year. But I think that it could go down just like that. I think that it could be Brad Pitt and another Tarantino screen, screenplay win, mm -hmm. um, like so often happens. Um, this is his shot. If he's ever going to get a picture right. or a director, this is it. I sort of thought that maybe it would go that direction, but it seems like it's not. Mm -hmm. It's It missed that uh, editing film editing nomination, which is... It, it, it's kind of a message that, oh, maybe the film needed cutting or you know something like that. Mm. Jojo and Parasite both won the editing guild or group, the Ace Eddies, mm. and the, that's an important precursor. Parasite is sitting with two, 1917, with uh, one of the guilds, possibly a second one. And we'll see who wins the writing awards. Um, I don't know. It, it's a, it's an interesting year. Yeah, it's like all over the place. There's so many contenders. It's just like uh, it's a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of... Best Picture is always one of the DGA nominees. That's an interesting mm -hmm. little stat that's pretty reliable. So it cuts it down to five. Um, Irishman has is the stats champion of the season. It hasn't missed anything you would need to win Best Picture, and yet there's no excitement or urgency around that movie. I think it will likely not win anything on Oscar night. I'd be surprised now if it did. But the uh, other of the five uh, would be JoJo, which is not situated too badly except for not having best director but it does have acting it does have editing those are important um parasite uh doesn't have acting but it's got everything else and once upon a time in hollywood has everything except that sad editing slight mm. and uh 1917 no acting no editing but like birdman that also won without editing it is not designed to look like it was edited so it's kind of like how would you nominate that Wow, it's a nail biter. But at least I like a lot of them this year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like I have a well, yeah, I guess Joker is my uh my no thank you uh card this year. But uh other than that, yeah, I'm enthusiastic about just about all the, the nominees. Yeah, last year it was interesting that it, I feel like in the era of the expanded ballot, um, they want to 
give every Best Picture nominee something. Last year, every Best Picture nominee won something, and it seemed like the favorite wasn't going to win anything with 10 nominations and then Olivia Coleman in a big mm-hmm. surprise. So kind of with that, it's an interesting thing to think through what movies do we know are getting something and who's left off of the list from the Best Picture list and what, is, what are they most likely to win and, mm. and predict that way. Because the four acting winners are set at this point and three of them are in Best Picture nominees. So that covers those. And so then trying to divvy out to the other Best Picture nominees is an interesting exercise. Hmm. Uh, what kind of chance does uh, Ryan Johnson have on Oscar night for a screenplay? For a screenplay? I think that's possible. That's in uh, original, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't bet on him over Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good, that's a good nod. It, if that movie's going to get anything, I would think that would be it. And it's really, right. it's only shot, right? So. Right. Well, you, you valiantly got us past the 11 minute mark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I rewatched a couple Blu-rays this weekend. If we want to have a quick little one-sided yeah, holds up. We probably episode. should. Probably should. <laughs> I, uh, I revisited, oh, I revisited two movies. One because I'm listening to a deep dive podcast on the Halloween series and it was time to watch the latest, the Halloween 2018 reboot, mm-hmm. uh, which I did not care for much when I saw it a couple years ago. And then uh, the other one just was a random notion I had to revisit Brad Bird's uh, bizarre failed blockbuster Tomorrowland. So I don't know if you have any familiarity with either of those films. Nope. Uh, but I'd like so to hear the, you talk about them for a while. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I guess I'll just get Halloween out of the way because I, I there's this great pod, another podcast. Here I am on my podcast talking about another podcast, but um, so meta. Yeah, uh, Paul Rust and Matt Gorley. Uh, Paul Rust of Love on Netflix and uh, lots of comedy stuff, and Matt Gorley is like a, a big time podcast producer, comedian, improviser. They uh, like horror movies, and they did a last year they did a deep dive series on the Friday the Thirteenth movies and i'd never seen any of those so i kind of followed along and watched those and they were mostly awful but it was fun you know the podcast is funny a little treat at the end of listening to or watching this these bad movies and then uh they did halloween this year the the starting with john carpenter's 1978 uh horror movie which is a, quite an excellent movie and very good and, and, and atmospheric and short and simple an effective horror movie and then the whole there's like a dozen terrible sequels two of them directed by rob zombie and then just a couple of years ago uh david gordon green um and danny mcbride the duo behind the righteous gemstones and uh eastbound and down and a bunch of interesting movies that david gordon green has directed they took the reins of the franchise and we're going to give it a reboot and uh they uh, made a movie that was a very anticipated and very ambitious back to bare bones kind of reset on Halloween. And I thought it was very not scary and very bland and well done, but just just not, didn't quite do it. Since the first time I saw it, it's been announced that this will be a trilogy. Uh, two, Gordon Green is making two more um, to finish off the whole series, and they're calling the last one Halloween Ends. I just feel like getting a prestige reboot for a franchise that was really only good in its first installment. I was expecting something creative and revelatory and new. 
And it really just does a good job of recreating some of the motifs and, and tensions from the original, but it doesn't add, and it doesn't add anything new that is scary or world building or, or really that interesting. So mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is always uh, a treat to watch. And so I think she's the best part of it is her performance as the aged version. They did something interesting where they said, let's pretend every sequel doesn't exist and let's make a sequel to the first one. Mm. Um, so if you've, if you've, you know, especially if you've just been following a deep dive podcast and you have all the details of all the sequels, it's kind of funny to see the movie. They actually work in small little uh, slights and um, jokes about all the sequels that they are like paving over uh, as they go. But, um, much more interesting to me is the case of Tomorrowland. Are you even, were you even aware? Do you remember? I don't know if anybody remembers that this movie came out in 2015. Um, I guess not. <laughs> so Disney, uh, as they still are now, did they a couple years ago? You know, they hit upon the remaking every animated movie. But before that, they were just throwing IP at the wall to see what would stick, and that's why we got the Pirates movies. Well, I guess the, the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion was right. on this side of the Pirates. <laughs> so in 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 taking their all of their IP, not just specific movies, but taking all the things that that are associated with Disney and Disney parks in particular, they took the concept of Tomorrowland and they gave it to director Brad Bird of, uh, you know, the iron giant and Ratatouille, the Incredibles and, uh, one of the, uh, live action mission impossible movies, a uh, very good one. And he made this movie called Tomorrowland with George Clooney and uh, Hugh Laurie, um, and a young actress whose name is eluding me at the moment. And it's one of the most, baffling and fascinating flops of um of recent years i remember watching it originally and just being completely soured and put off by it um and for whatever reason i I thought it was time to give it another shot and i have to say this time i really really wanted to like it and i really like where it is and its ideas it's essentially taking the idea of that that the future as we imagined it in the 50s and 60s, the kind of Epcot, Disney, you know, uh, World's Fair kind of uh, imagined f- the design future and asking the question, why didn't we get there? Why are we where we are instead of there? And it's a very convoluted story about the secret society of creative and ambitious and dreamer uh, type scientist people and and uh the failed dream of tomorrowland and this clock that's counting down to the end of of the world and uh then they find out only all it takes is for people to believe that there can be a better future and then they can they can turn things around it's that kind of a thing really expensive i think 150 170 million dollar budget uh on a movie that nobody and it, it, it's co-written by with Bird by Damon Lindelof, so it has that that lost J.J. Abrams kind of a mystery box uh, veneer to it. They did some like viral marketing that nobody could figure out what it was about. It was so misconceived and strange. I just I feel bad for it because I love Brad Bird. I hope he gets to make another live action movie. And uh, this is a fascinating case. I guess if somebody has the time for a two-hour and 15-minute failed blockbuster with a lot of weird and interesting ideas in it, uh, I think it's it's worth it 
just as a peculiarity and something that's wholly original, even as it is based on this IP that Disney owns. Anyway, um, I don't know, you know, I'm filling time here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I watched a movie that I own and haven't seen in a while. Well, it looked, and, that uh, sounds like an interesting pick. It was a total whim to watch it. And I thought after the fact, you know, this could have been a holds up. I would love to get your take on it now that I've kind of blabbed about it. Maybe it's off the charts, but maybe it's also just us nudging our way back to, uh, you know, um, you know, life finds a way a and it leads us on the paths that right. we need to be on. Yes. Um, while Sorry. you were, though I was listening intently to that, I was also scrolling Twitter <laughs> and um, the, I see here that the New York times editorial board, has released their Oscar picks. They've been leaked. Oh, did they pick two best pictures? So, so the best picture is the Aeronauts, which is exciting upset. Oh, uh, best director Ed Norton, Motherless Brooklyn. Best yeah. actor Ansel <laughs> Elgort, <laughs> The Goldfinch. All right. So, is that... best actress Julian Bell, Brittany Runs a Marathon. <laughs> Supporting what? actor Nicholas Holt, The Current War. Supporting actress Ellen Burstyn, Lucy in the Sky. <laughs> So wait, is this a parody account or is this you doing a, a um, This is someone who is at Into the Crevice, oh, okay. <laughs> whatever that means. Wow. Um, but but that's that's a real real uh, leak. For you've heard it here on Holds Up First. Wow. The New York Times editorial board Oscar picks, <laughs> and those Contrary are interesting. Those are interesting weird. Oscar picks rather than just film year picks, since none of these things are nominated right. for Oscars. They would be They're right really, in, uh, right in winners. Thanks uh, into into the crevice. Is that what you? Say? <laughs> <laughs> I think it now. I think it. <laughs> I think it might be crevasse. Now that I read more okay. clo- more, cro- yeah, more closely. Sure. Did you see? Right. Ryan, do you see Ryan Johnson's tweet about um, talking to Sam Mendes about nineteen seventeen? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Re- there was well, really one take. They had to reset whenever yeah. there was a mistake. Cumberbatch waited for six months. <laughs> oh, I keep meaning to ask you about the In the Heights trailer. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen it in the theater a few times now. Really? It's. I mean, I'm yeah. aware that it exists. I, I don't know what that will be. I liked yeah. In the Heights when I first saw it. You know, and it's off Broadway before it was anything incarnation. I thought, oh wow, that's really something different and exciting. And that recording has not had staying power with me. Hmm. Um, but I would certainly go see a film of In the Heights. I just don't know how they do yeah. anything special with it that would make it cinematic or anything right. more than just kind of like a a a taped concert, you know. Yeah, it looks like they've tried. Um, you know, uh, John Chu is directing, um, okay. director of Crazy Rich Asians, and um, it has flair. It definitely has like uh, it's very colorful. It has um, production design and lots of choreography. So it doesn't just look like, at least from the trailer, it looks like it's working hard to be visually creative. I think there's some problem in the storytelling where. It's not a problem. It it just to me is less interesting that you're really being introduced to a community and not very much happens. Yeah. So it's a little like cats in that way mm-hmm. where you've come to this place and then the characters kind of introduce themselves for two hours before they have an emotional catharsis mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's good to watch in the theater. The score is good. And of course, um, 
Lin-Manuel's lyrics are very uh, witty and clever and, the, and everybody's so sincere. Like there isn't a, there yeah. isn't a foul um, character in the show, but just a, a song where a guy's sitting at a desk dispatching taxis and had living his best life. How right. interesting is that? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't that interesting on stage. Yeah, if anything about it looks appealing, it's that it's earnest and, you know, it's got an energy to it. But mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, hey, I've got an interesting lineup this week. Well, sort of. I Yeah, uh, one for sure. I've got, I'm seeing Weathering With You, which is a Japanese animated film. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about it. I know that the filmmaker is very acclaimed. He had a movie last year called Your Name that was very successful. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, The Gentleman. What's that? Guy Ritchie is back to doing British crime movies, oh. but Matthew McConaughey's in the mix this time. It's Matthew McConaughey in January. It's it's I like those annual, odds. annual event. Yeah. Yeah, Josh won't go to Doolittle with me. Oh no, I know. Smart so guy. Got to wait. <laughs> got to wait till he's out of town. Do, oh, are yeah. you staying fine? He's we're maybe going to Doolittle tonight. Oh wow. Ooh. <laughs> he's rolling his eyes at me. <laughs> That seems like a uh, a Dan classic. Right. It sounds great. Yeah. Disembodied mm-hmm. voices talking so that you can't tell which mm-hmm. animal is even speaking. So, uh, <laughs> sounds great. Climax is a, a Don't fart related from what? what I hear. Sorry. Just just keep that in your back pocket. I hear he doesn't throw the seal, which I don't really like. But oh, That's no good. Maybe it's like a post-credits. Those eyes. Right, well. So eyes. So um, So real. You know that you know that part. I've never seen the original. I've seen the clips of the doll, the seal the stuff seal, on right? Twitter. Yeah, that's yeah. the song that he sings as he okay. hurls the seal. Because <laughs> the seal, is, I mean, I don't know why he kisses the seal, because mm. she's off to be reunited with her husband. So, mm. well, I don't know. Well, if that's where you end up, do enjoy and do report back. Oh, I, I mean, we're gonna see something one way or another. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, we filled 30 minutes somehow, so I'm calling it a win. Sparkly? Sparkly. <laughs> I decided not to fix that. Good. Everybody, if you uh, if you enjoyed last episode, uh, who knows what weird audio artifact we'll end up with at the end of this episode. I don't even remember saying the word sparkly, but it was there. It sounded... I mean, it must have been edited out, right? Because I don't remember... What was happening was I was chopping up a section and, and just I sometimes smooth out you know, my own mumbling or, or make our back and forth a little smoother. I must have cut that word out or it must have been just sitting on the timeline from being something else being shortened around it. And then I went back and I don't something happened where it was just sitting there on the timeline four minutes away from everything else. And then when I said render, it rendered everything that was there. Wow. Yeah. That's a little glimpse behind the curtain. That's what everybody wants. Yeah. This has been our podcast. We're Dan and Josh. Follow us both on Twitter. Letterboxed at holds up pod on Twitter. Sorry. And the music's by Jonah Rapino. Any last words, Dan? Sparkly. <laughs> the new Silencio. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. See you later. Bye. Hey, did you tell me, we talked about video games a while ago, and did you tell me that, that, uh, do you have a a Nintendo system, or is it Isaac? Isaac does. Isaac does.
I bought myself a switch. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah, he's got a he got a switch um two Christmases ago and this year he wanted a two DS, even though it's lesser, but whatever, uh, yeah. that's what he wanted. And um he also bought himself a old school Nintendo sixty four on Ooh. eBay. Nice. Which he plays daily. Those I find so intimidating and hard. Huh. And I love that their stuff now is so soft and cushy and like made for casual dad gamers. Yeah, I I've uh he's got a lot of games i guess on the switch i've i played for a bit when he got yoshi's crafted world because that's about my speed Mm -hmm. more more puzzle oriented and finding your way through and getting all the things and whatever instead of avoiding death right Uh, i've got mario odyssey so far i'm enjoying that Mm -hmm. and um link's awakening legend of zelda game which yeah they're both fun yeah he's almost almost all if not exclusively mario universe oh that's a uh, it's a safety zone. Mm-hmm. I th- I was treating my low grade depression with things like Lego, but they they're expensive and they accumulate and fill the house. So, I figure right. video games are a little less uh, bulky. You know what else is compact is pills. Hmm. Have you have you sought any treatment for that? I'd like to know more. No, I not not as of yet. You really should. Hmm. Well, it's very low level, and I bounce back easily, but. I find as I get older that existential things weigh on me more right. than they used to. Of course. Since I have fewer easy answers than, than I used to have. Yeah. Anyway. I, 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 go, I uh, go to support groups and take pills. That's what I do. Mm. All right. Make sure keep all this in. Okay. <laughs> People who wait for that goofy <laughs> stinger are going to get a real earful this week. All right, Dan. All right. Um, well, be, get your be, audio. Be so as depressed as you need to be. And, and what, what was the good thing that you were doing instead of Legos? Oh, Switch. Yeah, enjoy the Switch. Uh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. I will. I am so far. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I got to grab your audio. I'm going to hit stop. Mm-hmm.